Welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. If you're following along with us in the study guide, we're going to do the Greek word first, and then we'll get into our conversation for today's chapter. All right, Acts chapter 3, uh, the word we're going to look at today in Greek is keruso, which means I preach. And I'm cheating a little bit here. The word keruso doesn't actually show up in chapter 3, but it shows up throughout the book. And we certainly see some preaching in Acts chapter 3 here, uh, where Peter is going to preach a little bit. And, you know, the word preach is maybe a little maybe a little churchy for this word, right? Uh, it, it might mean more like announce or proclaim, right? When we think preach, we think, you know, pulpit in a church building, um, you know, a person standing up, you know, wearing maybe some garb uh, that you know, befits a preacher, that sort of thing. That's not what Peter's doing, right? Peter is sharing the gospel in the event that happens that that leads to it, right? Um, something's going to happen, uh, like a miracle, um, a healing, um, an arrest, uh, a, you know, being called to account before leaders, that sort of thing. And uh, Peter is going to respond by telling the story of Jesus. That's going to be his preaching, his proclaiming, his K. Rousseau is telling the story. And we're going to see that not just with Peter, but through countless figures throughout the book of Acts, that this preaching comes in response to an event, a miracle, that sort of thing. Kind of the be ready in season and out of season is what we see. Not formal as much. We will see some formal preaching later on. Paul's going to go to synagogues and preach in synagogues, and stuff is going to happen after that, right? But uh, we're going to see a fair amount of preaching. Uh, the K. Russo shows up eight times in Acts, 60 times in the New Testament. It's a great, uh, it's a great word, something to keep an eye on. Welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith, and today we are talking about Acts chapter 3. My guest today is producer for Afternoons with Bill, Rosie Browsen. Welcome, Rosie. Hi, Angela. It's so great to be here. I love that you are going through the book of Acts. I know, One of you, my favorites. You have been very excited about this. I know. <laughs> I know. It's, I'm such a geek on Acts. It's great. Well, there's so it's so important to the church. I mean, it's so important to the way that we function as a body. And I yeah. think we've gotten away from this. Absolutely, we have. And to me, it's so much a part of what Jesus had to die for so that the Holy Spirit could indwell in us, so that we could walk in this faithfulness of his name. And and potentially, we don't see the results that they saw in Acts, but we should see results if we have the intentionality to bring God glory through everything we do. And, you know, the church should be moving like this, in in my opinion. And it does. It's just, you know, it's just not as prominent as it potentially could be. Yeah. So let's just dive right in. What? Okay, because you picked this chapter on purpose. And you said this. It's like candy to me. <laughs> it is like candy to me. And I just hope we have, you know, enough time here to cover. Um, it's such a short chapter, but it's so packed full of both nuances and then layers of just rich, rich food from God. He's so intentional. And I think that through Peter and John and this healing, he really shows his nature and his intentionality for Israel, his love for Israel, though it doesn't feel that way in some parts of this chapter, Mm. right? Um, So the first thing that I love when I begin um, chapter three is this little nuance. Peter and John are going to the temple at the time of prayer. 
Mm. Right? Jesus has already been sacrificed. So I think often people think of people go to the temple to learn. They sacrificed in those days. But this is their intention is to go for a time of prayer, which I absolutely find so rich. We Are we going to church for a time of prayer today? Or are we going to be, hear a sermon and be fed? But this is intentional. Yeah, well, and I what I'm hearing is going to church to to participate, to be a part of, mm-hmm. versus the other one was, what am I going to get exactly. out of it? Exactly. So a different posture. Mm-hmm. It's a very different posture, and it's a posture of relationship. And, and when we're in prayer, we often think, okay, we're bringing prayers for petition. Oh, it's for worship. It's for intimacy. It's for discussion. Listening. It's for listening. There's so much to it. And I think Part of the power that comes through the Holy Spirit comes when you sit in prayer. God refills you. He, he, um, he uh, justifies you. He's he's sanctifying you. And there's so many things he's doing. He's reading you, mm-hmm. and you are then reading with him. And you know he's just conforming you and transforming you. It's a beautiful thing, prayer, and it's so much more than just petition. It is. And I, I think and I just feel a little convicted from what you're saying, too, <laughs> about how it, it is God reading us. Mm-hmm. And I think I you are a prayer warrior. I mean, prayer is something oh. that's really important to you. Prayer mm-hmm. is something that's important to me. But I think I find myself hesitating a lot because of that God reading us, mm-hmm. because of that. I'm going to get into his presence and he's going to see all of me, mm-hmm. and there's grace and mercy in that yeah. that I know in my head, right. and I experience when I'm with him. But there's something that you know, there's a some kind of block. Like you know, we had a speaker once when I was a student at the University of Northwestern, and he talked about if you sat knee to knee, toe to toe, eye to eye with Jesus, what would he see? And I just bawled. Oh. To think about like being that in his presence. And so I do think there's something about being in that presence. I just, I want to share that because I want people to hear that prayer is hard for some people. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me. It's hard that that sitting and being Mm -hmm. with the Lord is hard for me. Mm -hmm. Well, and thank you for sharing that. And, and I think what makes it difficult for all of us, and I know, um, that for me, when it's difficult, it's for the same reasons, because perhaps I'm not viewing myself as as lovely as God views me as, or I'm in behavior that I don't like, or I feel bad, or, you know, what whatever. The, the list can be extremely long. And I think what, what God—so I think what God has taught me is that when I'm thinking about prayer in that context, I'm thinking about me, and really what— I need to do is trust God that he sees, trust him with how he sees me, mm. right? It's so much easier, at least for me, to think of how bad I am than to think of how beautiful I am, right? That even in sin, I am God's treasure. I'm his daughter, and he wants to hear from me. That usually stirs something different in me, and I have to, you know, sometimes bring that to him. I I don't see myself as beautiful as you see me. Help me in that. Where is that root coming from, you know? Can can I like simmer in that with you for a little bit? And can you tell me how beautiful I am, even in spite of my sin? 
that's part of prayer, Mm -hmm. right? And that's part of getting in the word and just saying the word over yourself. So often I think we limit it to petition, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, asking God for what we want. Right. And it's usually, it it should be more about relationship, Mm -hmm. but relationship is difficult. It is. So even when it's even when it's with the Lord of the universe, right? I know, I it's know. Because I'm, a, I'm, it's because I'm part of that equation. Right, That's what makes it hard for me. Exactly. Well, so here, it's just the first line and look at this amazing conversation we've had. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about chapter three is there's so many nuances to it. So the very first um, paragraph takes us to the man who's been sitting in front of the gate. Now he's been lame. So this is, I just want to draw this out. He's been lame since from his mother's womb, it tells us. And so that means all the times that Jesus went to the temple, this man was not healed. And so there's a significance to the healing of this man at this time. And that's what I think often we also have to sit with is we pray for all these things to be removed from us. And it's not that God's not hearing our prayer or it doesn't have intention to bring us to the conclusion of that prayer by his glory. But we have to know that our healing, whether it be emotional or spiritual or physical, is on his clock for his intention, for his glory. And so many times when my son was sick this last summer, I I kept on taking him to the Lord and saying, I know you hear me. Help me have patience in your perfect timing for this to come through because you are doing a work in my son and I can see it. It's also hard to see his pain and suffering. And so that it's so hard to get to that place of trust. And yet here it is. This man was there even while Jesus was going to the temple. I think that's such an important point because I thought about it I think about it a lot with the man that was healed by the pool of Mm -hmm. Bethesda yeah there were other people there right and it doesn't tell us that anybody else was healed Mm -hmm. and so what do you do what do you do with that right and I think it's exactly what you said you we have to get to a point I think it's better for us when we can get to a point to trust God's timing yes and yeah, to trust God. It's com- I think it can be really complicated, but I think it, it needs to it needs to end at submitting to what God is going to do or not do. Exactly. That's hard. I mean, that's hard to say, that's hard to live, that's hard to walk out. Right? And the Christian word for that is sovereignty. You know, I think when we ask for healing for ourselves, for others, and I think we need to expand the definition of healing. It is both emotional, spiritual, and physical. And there are so many Greek words throughout the uh, New Testament that explain those different levels of healing. And when we come to the cross with somebody, we have to trust, and this is the big Christian word, in the sovereignty of God, meaning that he knows above what we know. He hears our prayers. He tends to our hearts, but he knows. And has our best interest in mind. And he does. And he also has the best interest, interest in mind of all those people that are in relationship with the person who needs healing because it's not just one healing that's taking place there is you know anybody that's impacted by the individual who was either emotionally spiritually or physically sick is growing and that's the hard part about because we live in a society where you know growing sounds like oh i'm fit i'm doing great i'm you know i'm better than i was and growing in heaven's economy is a deeper relationship with the lord Yep. That is significant. And a lot of times that comes through pain and, and yeah. suffering. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. 
So that part, I think, is also so interesting. And then here's a nuance. It says, then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. So this is a beggar. He's expecting alms. He's expecting something else. But what God has for him is walking. And when it says, look at us, I think how often are we bringing our petitions to God with our eyes cast down, right? Because we feel deflated, we don't feel worthy, all these things. And Peter is saying, look at us, make eye contact, have that relationship. And so to me, often I have to check, Lord, am I looking at Mm. you? Am I gazing into those eyes that I trust? I mean, really, when you look at somebody, you have expectancy, don't you? You trust them, you have expectancy. And so when I hear, when I read this line, I always think, what am I expecting from God? This man in particular expecting, you know, alms of some sort, money, payment of some sort for him to eat. But what does God have for me? And am I expecting God's best mm. or I'm willing to settle for something else? This line is so important because it also ties back to what Peter is saying at the end of the chapter for what God has intended for Israel. What was Israel was expecting a Messiah that was a warrior. And God sent them something so much better, but they couldn't see it, right? I right. mean, it's just, it's so complex and so beautifully simple that I just love that. It's so good. That is. That's yeah. so good. And one thing that strikes me too, because then they heal the lame man. Mm-hmm. And what what I've been finding interesting is that when Jesus was healing mm-hmm. people, like when we look back in the Gospel of Luke, he was saying, your faith has made you well. Right. And I'm not seeing the disciples, I'm not seeing Luke record it that way mm-hmm. in the book of Acts, where it's the person's faith making them, healing them, you know, make your faith mm-hmm. has made you well. So I just think that's really interesting. Like, what yeah. is it? Well, it's actually in this chapter, it's actually Peter's faith. And so, so many times in Christendom, you hear, oh, you didn't have enough faith. There is no, no more wounding words, right. right? And so, Whenever I've prayed for healing for people, I love this chapter because the onus, um, if you go down to uh, verse 15, uh, it says, by faith in the name of Jesus. Well, that begs the question, whose faith in the name of Jesus? Who said in the name of Jesus? It was Peter. Peter said in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus's name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. So it's really Peter, and I'm going to tie this back up to the first or the second paragraph. Peter was the one in verse seven, taking him by the right hand. Peter says you are healed, right? Mm -hmm. And then he has to take him by the right hand. The man doesn't jump up. It is Peter extending his faith to the man in his right hand and lifting him up. Faith is always part of the equation when it comes to healing in a relationship with God. It's by faith we walk in righteousness, right? But in this case, it's Peter. Peter trusting God, extending his hand before the man stands up. So, so many times we put it on the person who we are praying for. Mm -hmm. Yes, Jesus did that too. But it's not all the time. Sometimes it's the the community of people praying with you. Their faith can help you stand up in whatever you're going through. I mean, it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? 
That is a beautiful thing. I That's know. beautiful. It's so good. So is there maybe one more thing that stood out to you in this chapter? Mm-hmm. Um, this chapter is tough because it sounds like Peter is making a point about repentance and he's just driving it home. The Jesus that you killed, right? The, mm-hmm. the, the He's really in their face. Oh, about he it. <laughs> is in their face. But on chapter 17 or excuse me, verse 17. Now, fellow Israelites, these are two words. I know that you acted in ignorance mm. right there. There is so much love in that. I know you acted in ignorance, and yet you still need to repent. So really, when God is act, when God is convicting us through the Holy Spirit of something that we need to change, he gets it. He knows that it's happened not intentionally, and yet repentance is still due. For what? For the refreshment of our souls, for the, um, for the return of Jesus Christ. And so it's... It's in love and in understanding that the Holy Spirit speaks to us and convicts us. And in obedience and in trust, we lay it down and say, I'm sorry, forgive me, as then the refreshment comes. And so it's so beautiful. It's so tidy. (laughs) (laughs) It's so tidy and power packed. And, you know, we could probably talk for a full hour on this chapter if you ask me. But, yeah. Thank you so much. You I mean, this welcome. was so fun. And you answered some of my questions which oh. was, that I had been kind of wrestling with. So that's, oh, thank you. Yay. I'm glad. Well, I always love chatting with you. This is so great. So thank you for joining us talking about Acts chapter three. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And we will see you next time for Acts chapter four. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at MyFaithRadio.com.